going on, everyone? It's your boy Val Cisco alongside me with G Rance. As always, this is Smart Mark Talk, the only podcast that brings you two Boricuas from the Bronx, delivering excellent news and opinions in the world of professional wrestling. Welcome to Elite Wrestling Audio. J Rance, how you doing? Oh, I am doing good, brother. I am chilling, ready to get our smart mark talking. Feels like I haven't been here for a while, or is it just me? Yeah, it's been so long. You know what it is? So many things have happened uh, in the course of a week, and we're going to be talking about it. We have a jam-packed weekend full of wrestling that we need to talk about, but... Before we even get started with all the cool things that happened last week going into this week, all right, I got a bone to pick with you. I think the world has a bone to pick with you. We want to know exactly, (laughs) exactly where you stand because we can't get our man stink ass Jeremy on this podcast right now, but we can hear you. Jeremy, if you're hearing this, get get your ass up in this podcast. Because we have to hear his point of view as well, too. I'm equal in this, all right? I'm neutral. I'm fucking Switzerland in this motherfucker right now, okay? <laughs> but we got to hear from you, man. You're falling out with AEW. We got to oh. hear why. Oh. We got to oh. hear the whys. We, you know, um, from last week's Blood and Guts to this week right here, definitely we know that the war on Wednesdays is over. But for you, I feel like that war still is still riding a high right now. Whether it's <laughs> NXT, whether it's AEW, whether it's Impact Wrestling, some shit you're not feeling right now. We we just want to get to the to the point of it. We want to get to the matter. Why is AEW falling out of your favor? Ooh, um, why? Yeah, bro. Hey, I, I've fallen from grace with AEW, and I would love for Jeremy to be here right now. And he's probably gonna listen to this um but it's not the alternative i don't know man they painted this picture of we're the alternative you know like if you're having problem with the main brand or the main product come here we're gonna do better and i i don't get those vibes i don't get those feels um they they where wwe does bad i mean they still gotta do as bad as well like i mean wwe we get oversaturated storylines here i feel like we get no storylines me in between there are some matches some weeks that you get a little bit of story evolution as opposed to other matches where i mean weeks where you get nothing and i just feel like it's filler i feel like this is nitro 2.0 honestly I, it, it feels like nitro 2.0 they've been digging a lot you know we've seen some nitro stuff from the past as well and or wwe little you know with the whole tyson and jericho things like that um it doesn't captivate me it doesn't captivate me enough to stick around for two hours every wednesday and the constant some people may say no it's story evolution i understand you said uh christopher daniels has like a retirement match quote unquote we last night um i'm tired of seeing talent being buried to some people that do not deserve the strap i get it it's evolution maybe this whole young bucks omega i i get all that but at what point are you going to stop sacrificing some talent and be like, all right, fuck it, we gotta take the titles off of these guys. And you know, it, it happened with Hangman and um, Omega. It's going on with the Young Bucks. There are plenty of tag teams that they can carry those straps. Um, the TNT title last night we saw Miro. Sorry for dropping, you know, news and stuff like that. We saw no, you good. Get the strap. Honestly, that title has lost credibility since Brody Lee, rest in peace, and Cody Rhodes. Darby did nothing for it. Sting, I feel like that storyline got nothing out of it uh and now we got Miro Miro hasn't done nothing but just you know have sex with Lana in the tank so this is where we're at now 
<laughs> um, <laughs> bro, I, I I feel nothing. I feel still like we're riding high on inner circle. Um, you have uh, some great talent around, sticking around. Obviously, we see it in AEW Dark. We see it in uh, the new Monday show. I, I, I don't know. It just doesn't captivate me. I can go elsewhere and see some good storylines. Um, look at this. I'm enjoying The Way on NXT. It, and the way is probably doing any everything better right now than AEW I, I've seen right now. Uh, I mean, I do see NXT, you know, kind of copying the formula because now they got Isaiah uh, Serb Scott with the Hit and Row Records company, which, which is kind of cool. But then I could go to Impact and see some other stuff, bro. Great X Division wrestling. I, I don't know, man. It just it just doesn't do it for me. And I'm sorry for this tangent, but the lack of storylines, the lack of character development. It just doesn't cut it for me to waste two hours each Wednesday, honestly. And I can respect that opinion. Like I said, I'm in the middle of everything right here because I can separately watch NXT on a Tuesday now and be happy at the same time watching AEW Dynamite on a Wednesday and also be happy, but also see the flaws in both programs. Like, mm-hmm. one thing that AEW drives me crazy is the lack of rules that they establish while watching the show. Now, I'm not an old prick. I'm about 33 <laughs> years old. I wasn't there at the time when Stan Hansen and Harley Race were doing their fucking, their, their, their greatest game, their gonads on in the late 70s and early 80s, all right? It wasn't me that time, you know, I came in through, you know, the new generation with the Bret Hart's and the Shawn Michaels of the world. But I can say that I do respect certain rules and I do respect the fact that when you have a referee in a match, that referee is supposed to at least give you the illusion of control in the match. In fact, the referee is a prop as well, too. You know, when you're trying to break rules, you're trying to do things behind the referee's back to, to, to kind of enhance the story just a tad bit, especially if you're a heel. With AEW, I feel that the lack of rules that they establish, whether it's in tag team matches, barely people get tagged down, the referee doesn't know what the hell is going on, to the tag ropes. I'm, I'm a big fan of tag ropes. I don't know why. I know FTR does it. No one else does whatsoever. And just little things like when Cody Rhodes slaps somebody with a title. I know it's an old school Hulk Hogan thing, but at the same time, though, if you're a referee, this is a regular exhibition, take the goddamn belt away. Or somebody's, you know, Michael Nakazawa is trying to choke somebody out with uh, with a lanyard, and you're letting that happen in mid-match. Like, it makes no goddamn sense if this is a regular match. But with the good stuff, like Blood and Guts from last week, you know, I do say that that was pretty damn near successful you could take the finish out of the equation all you want you could take the, the 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 soft landing from jericho all you want i'd rather see a soft landing than a mad hardy botch like he did last year where he almost broke his goddamn neck so i could forgive that but you know with AEW having the highest ranked show on cable network last week with blood and guts and a very successful show this week I don't know, man. I see something changing with that. And then I, I got, sorry for my rant right here. I go to NXT and I'm enjoying NXT because I think out of all the wrestling that we see on TV, I think NXT, you know, I know it's a WWE byproduct, but at the same time, you're looking at NXT, they have everything checked out pretty well. Great wrestling, pretty damn good storylines, uh, a, a very, um, I want to say, integral part of AEW's um, uh, I guess success is their women's division and now with the rebirth of the cruiserweight division like a career renaissance for a lot of people having the cruiserweight title main event on Tuesday 
that's big right there but i can also be the critic too that's why i say i'm being switzerland in this because i could also say i look at nxt i'm like well you're trying to be a brand you're trying to be a tryhard right now like at the end of the day you're still having finn balor in there you're still having the garganos in there adam cole's gonna probably come back we saw bobby fish come back you know it, it feels like they're playing the greatest hits again and I'm looking for the next stage, like the next level of their evolution. And it feels a little stale and it feels a little stagnant as well, too. When you're looking at the long-term story, I get it. Bronson Reed and, and Johnny Gargano. But at this point in time, we're going almost on two months with this feud. And are we finally that title? And if so, should you have capitalized on the last pay-per-view they had, on the last takeover? So I feel like NXT... Is at a point, it's at a level where they're comfortable, but I don't see them taking the next level to shoot up to the next level that they were before um, the USA Network, before the Peacocks of the world. You know, I'm waiting for that next level to happen, and I feel like they're they're okay just at the level they're at right now. And I might be wrong on that. That's why I wanted your opinion on that. No, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I don't think we're gonna get original NXT product ever again, unfortunately. Uh, because of, you know, taking it off the brand of the network and putting it as an competition and trying to establish it as a brand as well. So, I, I mean, I go back to like a tweet that Santana told some dude um, on Instagram. He was like, obviously, you don't get storytelling. Not saying that's you. You get what I'm saying? This is just me throwing like scenarios out there. Yeah. But, I mean, you got to have those founding fathers, those faces and stuff like that if you want to legitimately build this into a brand, which NXT is not a brand. NXT can never be a standalone brand, first of all. Um, so I, I see the flaws in it as well. Karrion Cross is one freaking flaw. He doesn't feel like a champion. Since he came back, He's he's been very meh, in my opinion, Karrion Cross. Um, so, I mean, I get it, but I rather much see that as opposed to, like I said, AEW, where you get bro their results are just fucking mind-blowing like i mean you can see these results coming from a mile away i'm not saying give me a detrimental swerve because sometimes that's you know a, a, a just plain old swerve just to swerve people but come on bro like you could call this shit from top to bottom and i post to you you actually say blood and guts was successful like everything besides the last match was kind of subpar in my opinion honestly because then you have this this not sorry for cutting you off you have this Probably like what ten minutes, almost nine minutes of just Omega ranting with Knack. These glasses look good on you, Knack. <laughs> and, and no, that that wasn't needed. So I, I I don't know. I mean, the last match was phenomenal. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, how 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 much are we gonna keep riding the coattails of the inner circle? Well, you see, with my expectation going into Blood and Guts, me personally, this was just me, and I know a lot of people had uh, some issues with. I guess you want to say the the first half of the show was because it was kind of meaningless. It was a couple of matches yeah. that that didn't need to happen whatsoever, and I get that. Like, but my expectation going in was I knew that this was going to be a show that they were going to build to blood and guts. Uh, so whatever came before that, I already knew in my head canon that that was going to be fodder for the actual event itself. Now, mm. could it have been a little bit more tightened up a tad bit? Yeah, could you have? Um, some stakes in certain matches maybe could you have told the audience that went there for that capacity crowd that hey 
these matches were pre-taped, so you're going to be watching this on a Titantron until Blood and Guts happens. Yeah, that was yeah. a little foul play right there. I, I do admit that, but at least your boy Tony Khan, Mr. Willy Wonka, Daddy Warbucks himself, gave people um, refunds if needed if they felt like it wasn't adequate to be there. So at least he did right on that part. But, mm -hmm. you know, me, myself, I, I saw that as a one-and-done match, and I looked at everything else as like a pre-show. I get it. Yeah, you know, that's kind of effed up. I didn't, hear, I didn't read about that. But then also, they're... they're... I mean, it just doesn't make sense. You have Britt Baker, you have Sheeta, and possibly the biggest match of women's history in AEW, and you do nothing to build up that match in Blood and Guts. You give Britt Baker a squash match? I mean, to some people, they may like it, but, bro, I, I don't know. That was a fail. You could have capitalized on that ride into double or nothing freaking high on coattails. And, no, you don't capitalize. You give her a squash match. It, it, it's certain things like that that just... I don't know, man. It's just meh. And I, I feel bad because when, when you have like a, a, a bad night with blood and guts, in your opinion, for that with that pre-show uh, before the match, you get onto an actual dynamite with this week, and everything you're saying about you know wasting a moment with Britt Baker and blood and guts, they nailed it with this week's episode of Dynamite. I mean, you start off the show basically with a, a sit-down interview with Britt and and Jr. and for all the criticism we give good old JR for wearing out his welcome in AEW, <laughs> these sit-down interviews are still so vital to the company. And maybe, yes, maybe we don't need JR on the booth anymore. I get that. I'm okay with that. But just like Mean Gene Oakland, God rest his soul, was essential for backstage interviews and being that guy that got the scoop in the old school days of the 80s and 90s that's what jr can be jr doesn't need to be sitting down every week on the microphone i understand if that makes him happy but if you have these moments and you set time for at least what five minutes of just getting a story knowing who these characters are it is so successful you got the angle you've got the ter determination you got the story from what Britt Baker wants who she is and why she should win that match. And I appreciated that because honestly, going into Double or Nothing, I felt like this feud, which should be red hot, was pretty damn cold. You're right about that. Um, I think that this was great for Britt, but I know Britt's a great talker. This should have been set aside for Sheeta. And maybe mm -hmm. we'll get that. Maybe we'll get that in another week or so of that sit-down interview. Maybe Tony Schiavone, or even like I said, uh, someone to translate for for uh, um, Ashida. Like it would be essential for her for us to know. Yo, you've been this fighting champion, the pandemic champion, a champion for a year. Who are you still? Why should we be rooting for you as AEW's women's champion, a world champion? I think a sit-down interview is needed for her, man. But, like, I digress. I think that was great for Britt Baker. You got some good storylines this week with AEW. I think you going equally you got some great storylines set up for, for NXT as well, too. Besides carrying Cross, which, like you said, is kind of falling short. I kind of feel bad about that. The undercard is fantastic. You know, when you're looking at the Cruiserweight Championship, the Cruiserweight title has never been this hot since the days of J.D. Noble and Rey Mysterio in like 2002 and three, right there. Like that's when it was at its pinnacle, at least in the, in the WWE's uh, standpoint. If you want to go further than that, it hasn't been hot since probably the days of Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio 
double mentioning him right now, or Psychosis and Hooventud. Like, that's how great the Cruiserweight division is on NXT. Are you surprised that it's getting the love and attention that that we're seeing these days with that division? Uh, yes and no. Well, I'm not backtrack. I mean, I'm not surprised because honestly, I mean, the Cruiserweight division has always been great in WWE. And it, it, they just started messing up when they started doing like the whole 205 and things of that nature. But mm-hmm. I mean, you need to start accessing other titles. You need to start where you're floundering with your main title, kind of like you're doing with Karrion Cross right now because of his style, that bruiser, slow, methodical, whatever you want to call it. You're going to have to make up for it. So how are you making up for it? You're making up for it with the Cruiserweight title. You're making, I mean, as, as much as probably, I don't know how you feel about it, but as much as I really don't like it at first, but MSK with the tag team titles, they're putting on phenomenal matches because they had a good match with Brizongo last um, Tuesday. So you have to pick up the pieces, you know, where they're floundering, but I'm glad that they're showing, especially Kushida, some love. I mean, at first I was kind of upset that Escobar lost it, but Kushida's putting some credibility on it. And it, it's cool because the Cruiserweight division has always had top-notch talent. And you know, sometimes in my opinion, talents that could carry the main title, but since they're smaller, shorter guys, they really don't give them that shot. So I, I'm ecstatic about the Cruiserweight division and the tag team division in NXT. Yeah, man, I feel like um, they've been, they've been, um, they know how to how to build something up. I just don't know with the execution. Sometimes it, it gets a little mucky, like um, MSK and Grizzled Young Veterans. We always mm-hmm. want the grizzled ones to to finally get that win, and they haven't, you know, they haven't pulled the trigger with them for some reason or another. So that leaves me like scratching my head right there. Also, too, like with the women's division, I understand they're trying to like make Raquel this monster in a way for you know defeating Mercedes Martinez but man like I feel like what's really killing her right now is the fact that they don't know if she wants to be a baby face or a heel and they're putting her in this tweener role this gray area which will get old very fast I I get it long-term storytelling you want that Dakota rivalry to happen but Mm -hmm. you're sacrificing this run this this incredible run, this new run, like a very new run. It's not it's not incredible. Oh, Sorry. you're right. You're right. Okay, okay. <laughs> let, let me choose my words correctly. <laughs> this run that that like I said, it's new. You know, they're trusting this chick to be like the face of that division while EO's out. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? This this division was like your most credible division everywhere from all women's wrestling, besides by yeah. stardom. And it's kind of floundering with Raquel at the top. Yeah, I was going to actually ask you about that. You just led into it. I was going to ask you how you felt about the women's match. How do you feel about Raquel being the champion? I know you said that it's the tweener role that's kind of also plaguing her, but it's also plaguing her the fact that Dakota Kai is standing next to her. Dakota Kai may be small in stature, but she trumps Raquel Gonzalez Mm -hmm. because you look at it and she still doesn't scream star presence to me. Honestly, I don't see it. I'm looking at her coming out down the ramp, and I'm like, you're standing next to Dakota? I, I, I don't get that you're the champion as opposed to, you know, Shawn Michael with Diesel. We we got who the champion and who the bodyguard is there. And I I, I don't get that champion feel. Then you go on a promo, uh, the segment that they cut before this match, 
and Mercedes Martinez just eclipsed you, where you even got quiet. I don't know if that was supposed to happen, but she disappeared in that segment. She was just quiet. All she was saying, no, I mean that. Like, you just totally vanished. So that shows you're still green on the mic and on which the segments. Okay, Evolution, she'll, she'll get better at that. And then, okay, Botchamania. It had a few botches in the match. I don't know if it was Mercedes Martinez for blowing up, or I don't know if it was Raquel. But, I mean, I still can go back and look at that match and say, bro, Mercedes Martinez should have went over for whatever you're doing or developing Raquel, it, 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 you know? So still in the in the ring, she's kind of green because you know, with the EO, she looked kind of weak against EO. So, I mean, I, I guess it's cool, the experiment, but like you said, man, this was the best women's division hands down besides stardom. And it's kind of floundering right now with Raquel Gonzalez in my opinion. I'm gonna tell you why Mercedes didn't go over. It's 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 just it's for real. It's it's for real. Mercedes Martinez is not the byproduct of NXT or the WWE. She is too grit. She is too hard for the game. Legitimately, uh, is a shooter. She will go out there, bust your face, Bridgeport, Connecticut style. And she's rough around the edges. She's not a pretty face like 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 all the other girls, like a, even Marie out there. You know, she she's in your face. She's smash mouth, and she's not the smash mouth that you got from Shayna Baszler. She's more of a smash mouth that's a little real in real life. And I think mm-hmm. some people are intimidated by that. If you have that intimidation, um, I'm sorry. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough to sell that on a poster. It's gonna be tough to sell that to uh to the usa network as this is my champion right now i think she's there like the santana garrett role of just having good matches and making sure these ladies these young ladies that are coming in to the business get over properly and i feel bad for that because that was her decision right there and it looks like it was more of a money move decision rather than a career Mm -hmm. decision which i respect yeah it definitely was a money move it definitely was like all right i'll just do this and but I, I I am not feeling Raquel, bro. I'm not feeling her ish. Um, what do you okay? We got her. Do you see them revisiting Martinez again, or do you see somebody you know challenging for that? Because we know Tony Storm and Zoe Stark, which I think maybe a Zoe Stark would have been cool, or a Tony Storm, where Tony Storm you bring her back, she's freaking hot, and then all of a sudden now she just goes to Zoe Stark. Not not trying to disrespect Zoe Stark, but she's in a weird place right now, so. I don't know. What do, you, what do you think is next for her? Because they have a takeover coming up, right? Correct. So I was going to get into that as well, too. But, um, you know, it's very tough. I don't think we're going to get Mercedes going back unless we get another triple threat like we did last time. But I don't think we're going to visit that. I think we're probably going to get into the mix of a Tony Storm. We also have a, a couple other players out there as well, too. A lot of young females coming out there and making their na- uh, name in the business right now in NXT. So... I think we're probably setting up for maybe a Tony, maybe somebody else going into the mix, but or maybe a return to EO, because as much as mm-hmm. straight up, I would love to see EO get into the next level uh, of WWE, or SmackDown, or Raw. Uh, the way things are going now, man, I don't think anybody's going anywhere, bro. Yeah, no, nobody's leaving NXT. The players in NXT are locked in. That's that. This is what we're going to get. Unfortunately, they're trying to make it a brand. It's not a brand, like I said earlier. So, but just to just end, end it with the whole question. And, you know, probably Jeremy somewhere is spazzing out. But um, 
I don't know, man. I'd rather watch NXT. And you know what I mean? I've always been black and gold. So I, I, I got to ride out with my black and gold. We'll see what what changes in AEW because, like you said, they have their moments. It felt like a reset after the big pay-per-view, but we're here again. So I don't know. Maybe it could change. Well, what is it that... Okay, let me ask you this. What would it take for you, in your opinion, to see AEW in a different light? I'm not saying you totally hate AEW whatsoever. I'm not trying to get that across whatsoever. I know you just you're very critical on it, and you should be. If you're gonna put hours into something that's entertaining, you better be damn critical about it. Mm-hmm. So what is what does AEW have to do to really get you in in, in the in the in the notion that you know what, eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time is my time to watch some AEW? It's my time. What they gotta do, um first of all. I mean, we see his brilliance, but show me that you kind of do have some knowledge for the wrestling. And maybe this is just me going out too far, but damn it, Tony Khan, show me that you have a little bit of mind to this. I mean, I see some brilliance, but sometimes I see some flaws because, bro, the conversations we have on the phone, we can run AEW phenomenally. And sometimes I see, like, why why would you change John Moxley's music to Wild Thing? That, that doesn't work. Maybe you're experimenting, I get it, but that does not work. That's that's a bad move on his part. Um, uh, he said it a long time ago, maybe he just doesn't like the title and he's rebuking it as much as he can. But you have Brian Cage coming around with the FTW title and you still haven't done jack-ish with that title. If you don't like the title, tell him yo. Get the title off TV. Don't walk around with it no more. I don't want this on my show, on my program. But you have him walking around with a useless title. Show me that you have knowledge. You sat here and said on the podcast, I, I just don't know how to incorporate it. No, bullshit. You do know how to incorporate it because you had a storyline with him and Lance Archer. You just got to start using the player rights, in my opinion. You have Ricky Starks, who could have been in that championship, the TNT title championship picture. Where's Ricky Starks right now? He's on the shelf with a neck injury for like, what, three to six months? Bro, you got to start using your players better for me to, to get and use your power more. I mean, of course, pandemic and stuff like that. And we're starting to see that low traveling champion right now. But there's so many strings that you can pull. And you got so many great players right now. Look at Impact, bro. Impact is doing phenomenal. You had a Rachel Ellering on your show. What'd you do? You gave her the boot. Rachel Ellering, tag team titles with Jordan Grace. So just use your pawns right. I mean, it's kind of fucked up saying pause, but you get what I'm saying. Use I get you. Right. Yeah, use your pieces right, and maybe I will sit there and invest two hours of, of my time. And get JR off, off the booth, bro. JR is rhetorical. <laughs> yeah, JR is rhetorical on the booth, honestly. And just, it, like you said, just just do it right, because you had time to um, a go-go, the factory, Cody Rose taking up the American Dream mantle. Bro. You could have did that with JR. You're absolutely correct. Have some great segments. You know, you could have built up a go-go this menace. Or did you're this Brit menace. And you're going up against the American dream. Britain versus Ameri- America. And just, <laughs> that's my thing. You want me to sit around for two hours on Wednesday, Tony Khan, if you ever cross this, use the players right. Definitely, definitely. Tony Khan, I know he'd be listening to podcasts out there, so please listen to us for a second. We got ideas. And I apologize for these tangents, brother. <laughs> no, it's passion. That's why I asked the question, because we, we, we need to hear, because you're not the only one that, you know, I know there's stands out there that complain, just complain, but you have actual gripes with the product, just like how we all have gripes with process, how Jeremy probably has gripes with NXT in a way as well, too. Um, you know, let's talk about something 
that we unanimously love and they have a event coming up this saturday very bulky saturday i might uh, add as well too but mm. uh, um 8 p.m you know um i know it's gonna conflict with ufc's was the 262's um pre-show yeah. card but under siege will be happening um we have a lineup from impact wrestling and it looks like a pretty damn good lineup as well too before we get into the impact plus um event let's get into impact in general i know week after week after week you you enjoy impact wrestling as i do but your main criticism is has impact benefited from their working relations with aw and new japan i know you've been very critical with that we're we're on a new brand new week once again Hmm. how do you feel now is it the same old same old do you feel like it's getting better do you feel like it 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 has helped impact at all or maybe it's it's um knocked it down a notch or two um has it helped impact i mean stats wise yeah because they have more viewership more sales and i'm sure they probably have more um subscribers to the impact plus Mm -hmm. i'm sure of that because of what they're doing um has it let's just be honest has it helped them they have honestly kind of prostituted their product out as i said multiple times on this podcast i still see no benefit in game from them because once this belt collector gimmick is done or you revisit something else impact goes to be an impact once again the real impact fans will always stick around for thursday but the casual fan that only knows certain things will leave and then impact is impact i mean i see some things that's kind of cool phantasmo coming over but what is phantasmo gonna do you have your impact titles all the way in japan they're losing credibility it's like bro you're just pissing on i i like what you're doing homegrown bringing in um what's his name morris morrissey uh cast yeah i apologize bringing him in he can be a player for you um hell black to roost has been doing his thing the x division is resurging once again so you're doing good things but you still haven't showed up in a in i mean i get it travel restrictions possibly maybe so but i mean hell if you got phantasmo flying over you can definitely find somebody out there you still haven't showed up in new japan and did some shit. you still haven't showed up on impact and ran up on omega all you see is the good brothers so nah they're not they're not winning man honestly and i feel like they're just gonna get the short end of the stick of this maybe this is just me obviously moose nation is probably gonna be something big maybe that's what we're working towards but how do you feel about it yeah i think i you know i agree with you i think that you know they definitely have been prostituting their their product to almost everyone and yeah it helps with the ratings it helps with access tv you know helps people want to watch the show and i totally get that there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever but at the same time and you know i've heard other people i've heard jericho i've heard bully ray and other people say this as well too on their podcast saying that well AEW doesn't need anybody from impact to to cluster to show it's already clustered to begin with and new japan probably with travel restrictions probably doesn't need anybody either they have their own storylines going on but you know to counter that argument right there why do anything with impact in the first place then and then if you're gonna do anything with impact why have these challengers win the championships and take them over across seas or to another company making impact look subpar even more making them look like not even the b show the c or d show when it definitely is not 
Um, it, it makes me scratch my head, and we're not over with it whatsoever. Like I said, we you know we have you know thin juice with the tag team straps right now. You know, showing it off, yes, in, in New Japan, but you know, not nearly enough on the home product. You have Omega, you know, with straps on, and you know, at least Omega has been showing up on these impact shows at least he's he's showing face as a champion i thought that we probably would not see omega like a brock lesnar situation until like a big money pay-per-view would happen but to his credit at least he is working the show so i will give him that but where does that become stale where does that become um an issue with your product at that point because who's taking you seriously diana perrazzo challenging for the triple a women's championship pretty soon as well too oh uh, where is a stop now with mm-hmm. with um impact titles possibly being circled around everywhere else in fact if anything if you want working relationships you should have the people you're not using in new japan or AEW, like you did with private party or in triple a as well too come over the impact and put over some actual champions to make them look strong that makes sense right there that's how you do business you don't automatically have the the other company succeed right off the bat it, it kind of kills the product a little bit but like you said as well too they have really good stuff happening right now black Taurus, brian myers they're gonna have a match at under siege that's gonna be fantastic right there the things that they're doing with eddie edwards which we stressed months ago Eddie Edwards was the person that you wanted as Mr. Impact to go against Kenny Omega. It just feels right. It looks right. You know, the way he talks, he he's like a miniature Tommy Dreamer that he just wants the best for that company and he has a passion for Impact Wrestling. That's the thing that Rich Swan never had going into any match with Kenny Omega. You know, I appreciate seeing that right there with eddie edwards moose moose nation you know gonna be a free agent pretty soon what's gonna happen with moose we don't know possibilities are endless but we set the same goddamn thing for jordan grace we said the possibilities were endless she had a chance to go anywhere she wanted as well too she chose to stay that made me scratch my head because like we were saying on the podcast she done everything under the goddamn roof in impact wrestling Russell guys went for the exhibition championship you know won every goddamn championship she could get at the time as well too you know now current tag team champion what else is there to do but she she chose to stay what is moose gonna do do you feel like moose is gonna do the same thing or do you think moose is on for greater pastures uh just before i forget where you said bully ray and jericho said we don't need impact talent coming mm-hmm. over to the oversaturate anything i mean first of all you're overset i mean good brothers they're on impact good brothers signed with impact but you have them oversaturating every freaking wednesday with, yep. with segments with omega so what are you talking about oversaturation you can actually bring over talent make the other company look strong as hell like you said with all that they're doing right now with the tag titles with that people are just gonna look at it oh it's impact oh that's the, that's the brand that everybody comes and just stomps them out and takes their title to their product oh that's that's i don't want to see that you get what i'm saying you're doing nothing to, to to you're bringing in those new viewers but you're not doing nothing to keep them around sorry for that But yeah, uh, Diana, uh, Diana Parazzo, excuse me, uh, Moose. Ah, 
Moose, 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 Moose. Oh yeah, shout out, like you said, Brian Myers, man. I used to never like Brian Myers in WWE, but once he came over to Impact, phenomenal freaking wrestler. He made a fan out of me. Uh, looking forward to that Black to Roost match. As far as for Moose, um, I, if he wins the number one contender match, he's sticking around. I, I, that's how I feel. If he wins the number one contender match, then I, I think they're possibly going in all with Moose Nation and he's going to stick around and he's going to resign. If he doesn't win, I mean, there's still storyline that you can do, obviously, but it's a strong indication for me that maybe he just has one foot out the door already. We have seen Ty Valkyrie go to, you know, NXT, Frankie Monet, that, like you said, she's going to finish, uh, finish her contract out there with her hubby, yada, yada, yada. But for Moose, if he leaves, I mean, I, I possibly don't know maybe where he can go. Honestly, he's no spring chicken either. And for WWE to build him up, I, I, I don't know, man. But if he wins the number one contender, I think he's honest. If he doesn't, he's out. How do you feel about me? He's in a tricky predicament right now, Jay, because I think Impact has given him all the tools to be a successful wrestler, to be successful anything, straight up. Um, the thing about it is that the only thing they didn't pull the trigger on was him being champion, legit champion. Um, but they gave him the tools to be a megastar. People would say, oh, ROH did as well too. But no, Impact really took the time to develop who the hell Moose was. So that that being said though, Moose has um, a lingering thing working against him, which is a domestic dispute charge on him. And he's had it for years. It's been around, I think since maybe 2013. I could be wrong right there. But that was the initial reason why WWE didn't sign him to a development deal at that time. Now we're looking years past that, you know, does the WWE call knocking right now, needing a big guy, having that football background, having that presence, maybe putting him off a Pat McAfee, which would be fantastic as well, too. Could that happen? Maybe. Could he go to AEW and, and be that force of a... Uh, of a, a huge presence to take on a Kenny Omega. Maybe, but I feel like AEW is already clustered to begin with. Could he go to New Japan? That would be fantastic as well, too, to see a larger-than-life character like Muso over there. Will it happen? I don't think so, but I would like it to happen. But my main thing is, I think he's going to sign back with, with Impact. Yeah, I believe he's going to sign with Impact. And I mean, just... I don't want to get a little dark side on the ring, a dark side of the ring here, but I mean, you still got the Velveteen Dream on the wraps. I know you're a, a believer of, bro, guilty until proven innocent, um, but I mean, you got, you, you still a presence in there and you still have him. I'm sure maybe you can possibly work something out with some domestic dispute. Everybody makes mistakes. So, um, but some much worse than others. But I think he's gonna be fine, bro. I think um, they're all in with Moose Nation, honestly. I think he's gonna stick around. We see the transformation. He's constantly posting up videos of his phenomenal physique. Um, I, I, I think they're gonna pull the trigger on him. I just have to see if he wins that number one contender. But I, I, I think if he wins, he's hands. I feel the same exact way. I personally, me, I, I would love him to sign. I, I think he should sign. Um, but at the same token, though, man, like, I think he's at a prime age right now to be the character. This is just my opinion in general, straight up. I, When people say, you know, they need to get to WWE to prove something, 
I don't think they need to prove a goddamn thing. I think people like Omega, people in New most people have proved already that you don't need the WWE machine to be successful whatsoever. In fact, these days, more than ever, you could be successful anywhere right now as long as you have a larger-than-life personality. So, me, myself, and I, I say Moose, a lot of doors are opening right now Impact Wrestling. Yes, being a little bit of a prostitute, going out there, giving the goods to everyone out there, but at the same time, use that to your working relationships let somebody come out there let impact wrestling i don't know get someone that they're not using as much as usual you know send the, i don't know ataka michinoku out there from new japan and let moose murder him make him a threat for new japan same thing for uh aew you're not using a couple of cats right now the varsity blondes you know anybody right, right. now that they should be using send well too you know there's so much you have this open door we use it correctly i don't know if they have the leverage that they want but damn it has to be something happening right here but let's get into the under siege pay-per-view man mm -hmm. under siege right now the matches as follow uh at the head of the card kenny omega and the good brothers take on eddie edwards and finn juice as the main event you have the six man number one contenders match for the world heavyweight championship chris bay matt cardona sammy callahan chris saban trey miguel and moose are all competing in that match you have the knockouts tag team champion match with jordan grace and Rachel Ellering taking on Fire and Flavor, the former champions. Willie Mack takes on Wes Morsley. And of course, Black Taurus and Brian Myers. That's just the card as of today. Subject can change. It's up for change at any time. Card can change any time. But how do you feel about the event with those matches so far? That's a phenomenal card, bro. That's worth the top. That's worth a subscription to Impact Plus. That's a pay-per-view caliber match right there, brother. Like, that's not even worth... I mean, it, that's above Impact Plus. Like, just the players that are on that, the phenomenal matches, the phenomenal wrestling we're going to get. Ah, man. Um, I'm with it. it. It's really hard that it, it just, like, conflicts with the UFC 262. Like... <laughs> It's very, very tough. And I would actually prefer to watch it live. I don't want to see no results or nothing like that. But um, it's a phenomenal card. And is this a sleeper match? Chocolate Thunder versus Wes Morsley. Is that a sleeper match? Could be. You know, the thing about it is that we saw Wes look protected in that three-way in the last event. Pretty mm -hmm. cool. I get that. You know, it was probably his first big-time match that we've seen him in a long time. So now this is going to be a singles match. The thing about Big Cass, Wes, Cass XL, however you want to call him, his biggest issue really was that singles run that they tried to push in the WWE. And was he entertaining enough to hold your attention for that five to ten minutes? Now, your boy Willie Mack, Chocolate Thunder, could do that. He could run circles within that hour and I'll watch him wrestle. That dude has a charisma in his pinky toe. Uh, uh, more than anyone in the WWE, in my opinion. I'll say that right there. But, you know, we're going to have to see. Is he putting over Wes? Is he putting him over? Most likely, that's what's going to happen. But we got to see what the bigger plans is for my man Morsley, man. So, question. Um, 
does the story and the history of Morrison would kind of play a sympathetic role and maybe actually leave people around where, okay, he wasn't entertaining in WWE, he was a wet napkin, but here, after hearing about his depression problem, his drinking problem, things like that, would somebody just almost be sympathetic with him and stick around and just want to see him uh, succeed? Maybe, maybe, um, but the thing is that you already established him as a heel. And I think that hurt mm. him a tad bit. He's kind of like a tweener now after the last couple of impacts. But when you establishing when you when you put out something so genuinely loved that like that little miniature documentary from DDP's page showing his his story, and then having him debut as a heel, it's a conflict of interest for the fans right now. If you would have mm. came in as that baby face, then yeah, I think we would have all been on that bandwagon. But I think as a heel, you have you're trying to see what what why should i be invested in this character right so i don't I think, know i think willie mag has to put him over i mean i think he he's a big acquisition uh like you said he came in as heel i much would have preferred him to come in as a wrecking crew and just beat up violent by design and him and joe dorian him and eric young i think it would have phenomenal matches so we'll, we'll see though we'll see but what match are you really looking forward to from this stack card uh, honestly, I am looking for that triple threat card. That triple threat card was probably the best. Um, uh, looks like the best card, a match on there. I think the six-way match is going to be a little clustered. I, I think it's very ambitious. You have a lot of conflicting people there. Like, I think people like Matt Cardona and Moose are not going to work properly. They work completely different styles. But you throw a, a Trey Miguel or a Chris Sabin with a Moose or a Chris Bay, that's magic right there. Sammy Callahan and 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 Chris Bay could work wonders. But Matt Cardona, I feel, might be like the, the WWE style things that plays it safe. So that's a little meh in my opinion, but at the end of the day, I think it's going to be a fun card, but that, th that, that six-man tag, you're having Eddie Edwards at the helm right there, it works so well, you're having Finn Juice, your tag team champions have a main spot, the Good Brothers are there, it's going to be a pretty damn good main event with that, the drama is going to be there, and I would go so far as to put Eddie Edwards as the winner of that match, he doesn't have to pin Kenny whatsoever, but make him a threat so that way if you're gonna set up the next um pay-per-view or next card afterwards you make that match feel worth it you just don't job out any awards just to drop them out you make him look like a threat so you can build that tension to the next event yeah i agree um what better way to make mr impact look like a threat and you can sit here and say hey i may not carry the title but i carry impact in my blood i am mr impact so that would be phenomenal. You have more players to play with against Omega. Um, do you see the one that I'm really looking forward to before I ask you a question? I really am looking forward to the women's tag match because since they brought these straps into, you know, into existence, I feel that it hasn't really been that much of a success, in my opinion, where since its inception, the wrong team went over. It should have not been, uh, it should have been Havoc and Avea. Um, the the thrill of the chase of uh tasha steels and um what's her name uh damn i forget you see because she got so exposed in that match bro um no 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 sasha steels got exposed kara hogan kara hogan and sasha steels the chase would have been better against uh havoc and nevea so i'm looking forward to that match because i really want to see these titles so against incredibility and i think this tag team i am all over i think it's a phenomenal tag team definitely looking forward to that match so little little iffy on that i don't think 
fire and ice are, are gonna go over but do you um i wanted to get your picks on the number uh the six-way match like who do you see like going over do you see a dark horse do you see a trey miguel coming out of nowhere and winning you know i i could i could see trey miguel coming out of this and looking like a million bucks um i still don't think he's ready in my opinion there's something about trey miguel that just seems vanilla in my opinion and i think he's still trying to figure himself out and i do like the matches with him and sammy callahan but i still feel like i don't know who trey miguel is so why should i be interested in him being an actual um an, an actual challenger for a championship title right now unless it's the x division um who i do see though which i think it would be fun for old school fans chris saban randomly winning this match yeah that's a wild card right there but man would you have years of history of chris saban being like a day one kind of guy at impact wrestling and his 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 road to going from you know a tag team wrestler to world champion at one point to just losing it and being almost labeled as one of the biggest fluke champions in impact history and maybe playing with that story like can i win the big one one more time and can it be legit one more time against the best wrestler in the world i think there's a story there that that if you're a long time impact Re uh, wrestling fan i think for the most part the people that are tuning into impact wrestling are the same people that tuned into it in 2002. so if you're gonna pay something like that off it would work it would work i'm not saying that's a safe decision because i think the safe de decisions you have are moose or probably matt cardona winning that match um mm -hmm. but if you want to take a risk i like a chris saban in there hell if you want to take a risk sammy callahan would be a nice addition as well too the thing about sammy is though you run into almost like a moxley situation again because they're the same type of wrestler so do you even want that there i i think in my opinion if you're not going to do moose and you're not going to do matt cardona you're going to do chris saban and I, that would do banger i bet it'll be a banger match i don't know if it'll do banger on as far as subscriptions but it would be a banger match i mean you're 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 you, you swerved me on it you make phenomenal points um i i don't think anybody can hold or even bring some you know points to that argument whatsoever because if you go basically based on you know what omega is traveling champion territory chris Abram as well would be a fucking phenomenal pick to win i i like all the players that you mentioned i like moose i like Callahan, I would love Callahan. Callahan has been another dude that, you know, kind of like Ray Wyatt, he sacrificed himself so much to put people over, which mm -hmm. you should do at the point where he's at his career. But I would prefer any of those players. I mean, as much as I love Trey, I have to agree with you because if Trey goes over, it would just kind of be a rich swan effect all over again. Yeah. So I think those are phenomenal names that you just mentioned, especially to Chris Saban, bro. Yeah, and, and to our boy that, you know, Lipson's here and there, our boy, uh, um, you know, Chris Bay. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from him either as well, too. But I think we saw Bay go for the championship once already with, with uh, Rich Swan, And I think as a heel, since he's still a heel, it doesn't work. If you had him as a babyface in this, because no matter what, you're going to have to have a babyface go uh, face against Kenny Omega to get that feeling. And if he was a babyface, I would have chosen him in this match as well, too. But you need a strong babyface to really 
to really hit home. And if it's not going to be a strong baby face, then you need a strong schmuck. And mm-hmm. Moose is a strong schmuck that would make that shit go over. I agree. I mean, as much as we love Chris Bay, and I know you know him personally, that's your dude, Arizona. But um, yeah, I, I I think there's just certain things where I've, we've always said it before. What's missing for Chris Bay? Is it a title run? Is it somebody? Is it something like uh, maybe a, a dastardly heel act? But or or just the X division run? The X division, him and Alexander, I think they would just burn. You know, tear the house down. I don't know what's up, but I, I really don't see Chris Bay going over. We have an additional pay-per-view happening this weekend. If this weekend wasn't full enough, we also have this Sunday from the WWE. We're going to talk about some WWE stuff right now. WrestleMania slash Backlash. <laughs> happening this Sunday. Man, oh man. Now, you look at the card. I'll tell you this. You look at the card. It's not a bad card whatsoever. <laughs> in fact, I'll tune in because I think this is going to be a good fucking show because of the card itself. But if you were to ask me the buildup to this event or how to explain it, I couldn't give you five words because I don't know what the hell is happening. I think they're all over the place when it comes to, to the WWE on the main roster, whether it's Raw or SmackDown. It doesn't matter. First time, you know, uh, you're having this. Uh, first things first, you're having this feud with Daniel Bryan. You get him off uh, SmackDown, and then you find out the whole world finds out the dude's a free agent. Can sign with any goddamn company with no no complete uh, compete clause whatsoever. The dude can show up on New Japan. The dude can show up in Triple Way for all we know as well too. So that's huge in itself. So all that storytelling you were doing with Bryan, it really didn't do anything for Roman now because it's like. Well, okay, I guess you have Cesaro, which makes Cesaro feel fucking hella weak. Uh, and on Raw, I couldn't even tell you exactly why we're having these feuds to begin with. Why Asuka is still relevant in the title picture. Why Charlotte is interjected into this whatsoever. Why is Braun Strowman in- interjected into that match whatsoever. So many things are happening, but let me run down the card for you. You tell me how you feel, okay? Yes. From top to bottom, we have... Bobby Lashley defend the WWE Championship against Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman. You have Bianca Belair defend her SmackDown Championship against Bayley, which I think that's going to be a fire match right there. Um, Rhea Ripley in a triple threat taking on Asuka and Charlotte Flair defend her Raw Women's Championship. The best name out there right now because they finally gave him a legit tag team name. The Dirty Dogs. No, D-A-W-G-S. <laughs> Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode taking on Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. The match that should have by God happened at WrestleMania. We're getting our backlash uh, for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Roman Reigns defends his Universal Championship against Cesaro. And of course, to start the, ma- the, the event off, Damian Priest taking on The Miz in a Lumberjack match. Um, <laughs> and I mean, I, I look at a card like on the siege, and then I look at this, it's like, bro, I, I, I don't know, I feel like this card is weak as hell, bro. Like, um, you say Bianca and Bailey, that I, I, I don't, I don't feel like the build was enough for me to be invested in this. I just yeah. feel this is thrown together. Um, as far as for the women's, 
on Raw? You're absolutely correct. What is Asuka still doing around, bro? Asuka's stagnant and stale as hell. Like, you should be out of this. I mean, I feel like Kyrie Zane leaving hurt her. The way she got the strap hurt her. This is just Ripley and Charlotte. This is all till Becky comes back because Becky's gonna run the fucking show again. Hell, bro. I mean, we've seen weirder stuff in WWE. As much heat as I give her, but she is the face of WWE main roster wrestling, Sasha Banks. I would love a Sasha Banks in this picture right now. I will not lie to you. The, the amazing work that she's been doing on SmackDown, putting Belair over, the presence that she has, I feel like she's kind of grown into her. You look at her pictures, she's swag, bro. She's like, she's the new queen. Honestly, she took that mantle from Charlotte Flair. I would love to see her interjected on Raw, but we're not gonna get it. Um, I, I, I really feel this up. Braun Strowman, what are you doing? You should have legit gave this. If this is a WrestleMania backlash pay-per-view, why is Braun Strowman interjected into Bobby Lashley's match with Drew McIntyre? Backlash kind of in, you know, WrestleMania backlash, you're kind of indicating that now we're getting the repercussions, repercussions of WrestleMania. They're carrying over into backlash. Bro, you're interjecting somebody that was not even in this match. So that's just very freaking weird. Um, the Dirty Dogs, I can care less about them, honestly. And especially for Dominic. Really? Yeah. I, I thought you would love your booze, Rude and Ziggler. The name is stupid. Um, I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> Rude, <laughs> Rude deserves a single run. Dominic Cruz and Rey Mysterio, bro. I can care less about them as well. Um, <laughs> it's a weak as hell card, bro. I'm trying to find. Okay, let me not be so negative. I'm trying to find something nice in it. Let's see. Um, you're absolutely correct. The Masons all look weak. Nothing came out of this, but I am looking forward to it. Um, since WrestleMania, you know, Cesaro has been getting this little win, this little push. So maybe this is his moment. I'm not saying he's gonna get the strap, but this is cool for him. Um, so that's pretty dope. Damian Priest, um, Miz, I guess. They still have to be, you know, intertwined somehow. But I don't feel like this is just a great showing for Priest. Um, I'm still kind of scared where they're going to go with Priest. But um, those are my two shining moments, possibly for this card, but it's weak as hell. I mean, I feel it, it, it is weak as far as the build goes. I and mean, we've seen on these cards where, like, there are a couple of matches that could. I really think Roman is a great match. We just know that Cesaro is not going over. So I feel like this could have been built a little bit more to just capitalize Romania. My fear is that once Cesaro loses, though, that's it. Like, we're not yeah. using them anymore. And I feel really bad about that. I, I definitely get you that some star power is missing from this whole entire card. Like, you needed a Sasha Banks. Hell, even a Seth Rollins for all the shit that we give him. He could have been yeah. used on this card as well, too. Not to say that he won't or not to say that Sasha won't. But they're, they could have been used on this as well as you. Braun Strowman, I just think they're using him just to fill a spot right now. I don't know if they felt comfortable with Bobby and Drew one more time. Uh, maybe he's the fall guy. Maybe he's the guy that you could pin so you don't have to, you know, make Drew look weak anymore. But then again, how many times are you going to make Braun Strowman look weak? He's on, I, I said it before, <laughs> I'll say it again. My man's on Big Show status. The bigger you are, the more you drop. That's how it is in WWE. Besides, unless you're Andre the Giant, the bigger you are, the more you drop. Look at Big Show, fucking Giant Gonzalez. Look at Kali. You know, <laughs> the bigger you are, you're almost as almost there too. Uh, you know, he give him like about a year. 
Bro, he'll be like 0 and 0 on Raw. Watch. Mm-hmm. Zero and eleven. Like zero and eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Cole record. Yes, it is. <laughs> so my, my question to you: We saw Goldberg, you know, with this astronomical reign. It, it took a taser to beat him. We've seen Rusev. At one point, we started saying Rusev needs to lose so it doesn't hurt his career. Do you think Roman Reigns is kind of going down that line? Maybe he needs something to make him look vulnerable to kind of you know like not hurt him in the long run well you have it and this is the thing i'm gonna put a small little caveat little little thumbnail on that right there because when you look at all the wwe-esque shows that are out there smackdown nxt hell even nxt uk are far more watchable if you want to take nxt out the equation SmackDown is far more watchable than Raw is. I don't know what the problem with Raw is. You're in the same fucking WWE banner. So I don't understand how Raw could be so unwatchable. And maybe it's a three hours. Maybe going back to a two hour format could help them tie in things up again. But I just feel like they do things just to do things. And there's no essential goal on Monday Night Raw. Whereas SmackDown, there is subtle storytelling that you can call back to last year when i say that you know you have the jay and roman situation that's there but now you finally interject jimmy who's back and i love the fact that how you're playing with jimmy is oh i'm not jimmy don't play that we're not playing this nonsense <laughs> whatsoever bow to you fall like the fuck out of here and i like that because as much as you got that with jay at first having now jimmy in that place to see will he won't he and have a, a, a maybe another uso roman reigns feud but now like with that brother bond there too that could be very interesting as well too so i think roman is pretty good for the next year i think you have challengers for him if you want to throw jimmy there you could do that you could probably carry that over for two months you could probably do another j feud if you wanted to you know, you have Cesaro there as well, too. You have Seth there down the line as well, too. Rey Mysterio's there as well. You have a lot of people on SmackDown. Big E is there as well, too. Kevin Owens, if you want to revisit that. There's a SmackDown that can give Roman a challenge for the next year until you find someone to pull the trigger on him. So I don't think he's on this Goldberg run. I really feel like he's on... What's a good way to say it? Um... I, I, it's almost, almost, almost like CM Punk's last run as the WWE Champion, where he was a babyface for most of it, but then he had that heel turn that just made it all even better with Paul Heyman involved and whatnot. And I think you have credible challengers. You have a, an awesome heel like Roman that's carrying the show. I think Roman's doing an excellent job. Where it falls into Goldberg territory is that if you're just having him squash, that's a squash. I don't think he's done that. I think every win that he's had, you know, there's a sense of vulnerability. And it's who's going to capitalize on that vulnerability to get that title. We're just waiting on that. Yeah. Okay. That's a phenomenal point. I just want to see because I'm like, bro, you've just been doing so dominant. Sometimes, you know, being so dominant, once you lose that, it's like, it's hard to recover. Bobby's going to be that way, unfortunately. I, I will say that 100% for Bobby. Now, does Bobby need to do anything after this run? No. 
Bobby could fucking retire and be happy with his life. But I could definitely see that once you take the title off of Bobby, he is he is not getting that title ever again. And that's harsh to say, but I feel that he, he has his moment. This is his moment. But the ball is going to keep on rolling, and you're not going to need a Bobby Lashley to be champion when you have people like Drew McIntyre in the picture, when you have people like Randy Orton in the picture, when you have people like Braun in the picture. Hell, if you ever bring Bray back, you have Bray in the picture as well, too. I think that there's more larger-than-life personalities that shine over Bobby, because Bobby's great with MVP. If you take the MVP character out of that equation, Bobby suffers, unfortunately. Yeah, I think you're right. I think... He's just getting so far. I mean, on talent as well, but I yeah, think MVP well. is a big. I think MVP is a big catalyst for him. So I agree with you on that as well. So I'm gonna throw that question to you as uh, this could be like our ending segment right here. Um, why is it that Monday Night Raw, the flagship show, the show that started it all, if you want to say that, for network TV, uh, for professional wrestling, why? at least for WWE, has Monday Night Raw been floundering? I, I won't say this year. I won't say last year. For a numerous amount of years. For a numerous around amount of years. Why has it been floundering? Like, it's the same thing as SmackDown. You could take all the bells and whistles and who books this and who books that out the equation. It's the same goddamn company. So why do you think it's so... Bad. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, it really is bad, bro. I, it's it's unwatchable. I was watching this week's Raw, and I I tuned out after a while. I was like, man, this this is I'm not wasting my time here anymore. But um, it can be um, the name WWE Raw has this mantle to uphold. Maybe they are crumbling under their own pressure because. You know, this is the weekly longest episodic running show in history. This and that. So it has this mantle to uphold. I feel that three hours, once you signed on for three hours, that's a detriment. That's a detriment. I feel that, I mean, maybe at that point, they didn't feel like three hours would have been detrimental to them. And they were just so ecstatic. Hey, we can do this for three hours. But less is more in my book and it's it's a proof of fact <laughs> but um i think the three hours hurt them because with three hours you're trying to scramble up a lot of filler three hours is a long time i mean three hours bro it, it it's a long time when you look at it that's almost a flight from puerto rico to new york mm-hmm. so that's a long time so they're scrambling for filler in three hours and also um the fact that they're on usa and they're this esteemed product they don't have time to develop characters, storylines, play with as they as they can but, do on SmackDown. Shit, they got three hours to develop yeah. characters. Of, you're absolutely correct. They have three hours to develop characters, but they're in such a hole right now that they're just worrying about spiking ratings. Mm-hmm. That's all they're worrying about. It, I'm sure the USA is upset as hell. So you're absolutely correct. You sit here three hours, you can develop a ton of plethora of talents. I mean, you have uh, Del, uh, Del Rio, you hear me? Yes, <laughs> yes, he made it on the podcast two times in a row, two weeks in a row. Good That's for you, buddy. Great. You got Carrillo coming back, you got um, 
this guy, what's his name? Um, well, Carrillo's out again now, I think. Uh, oh, yeah, after that, that spot with um, with Shamoose, yeah, with Shamoose, yeah. <laughs> I mean, bro, I, I think that's what it is the three hours and then the lack of developing storylines because of the pressure to spike ratings. Um, I and I mean, as the years have gone by, for me, one of the things that was kind of cool, the 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 draft i feel like the draft was very crucial for them and back then but they haven't really capitalized on what the draft and how good it was for them you know in the past there, there's a lot of things but i think this is three hours what do you why do you think that role is floundering horribly? you know i really feel like it's this new vistic man mentality that no one gets over the wwe is what gets over mm-hmm. and it's just content just to put content out right and I, I look at that and I look at Raw and it's like there's no there's no emergency or urgency. There's no urgency to make Raw fantastic or wanting to make Raw fantastic. I feel that they're very happy with throwing a three hour program on Mondays and having a fan base still watch it with subpar entertainment. And the thing about it is that USA, the network itself, NBC, who owns it, are enablers with this as well because of the fact that they see no issue with this. They love the three-hour format. They love being the number one show on, on, on network TV if it's not football. So, I mean, I guess that's a good thing in that way. But at the same time, they're not challenging themselves even as an entertainment company. And I'll say this. Like, as much as people want to blame the PG era and just things being flat and whatnot, we had at least a decade of John Cena. And John Cena was not the most rated arc uh, superstar out there. He was not, you know, cursing up, mucking up a storm and all that stuff. He was not doing nudie angles or choppy choppy pee pee angles. He was a star that was polarizing to a certain demographic kids who still to this day do John Cena entrances on TikTok. And that says something because you have a character, I'm sorry, that's bigger than the company. When you have a character that's bigger than the company, people are going to have eyes on the goddamn company because that's your draw, that's your attraction, that's your entertainment. They don't have anybody like that on Monday Night Raw. They don't even promote Monday Night Raw as the main thing to see on Mondays, man. They they just go out there, they put a match, they don't know what's going on, they don't care what's going on, they have conflicting storylines and rehash storylines nothing new has come out in the last couple of years the only thing new that they have done so far on monday night raw is goddamn alexa bliss and her little talking annabelle doll but even that is a play on bray wyatt right there it's a byproduct of bray wyatt so it's nothing new either so nothing really has changed in the last couple of years and nothing is going to change unless you have something drastic happen what what it is i don't know SmackDown did. SmackDown had a dramatic change because it went to Fox. And I think there's people on Fox that look at the product and say, we just can't get around with kitty shit. Okay, we're just putting bunnies on TV and making fucking people happy that bunnies are getting beat down by people or or cake segments where people are slipping or people saying my hole and shit like that. No, SmackDown has legitimate 
family struggles segments, retirement segments, health segments, like or more real world sick situations that they're doing on 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 Raw. I don't get it. I don't get it whatsoever. Yeah, bro, it, it, it's true. I, I think SmackDown, you can uh, with Fox, you can be a little bit more grittier. That's why we see those family issues, things of that nature. Um, I didn't want to say it, but you, you, bro, you hit the nail on the head as well. As much as Vince McMahon is the fault here, the fans, the fans, it goes hands in hand, hand in hand. Because you, as a fan, you have to demand, like you said earlier in the podcast, if I'm gonna invest my time two hours well hell three hours of my life for your product you better best as sure as hell make that entertaining as fuck bro for me to sit there three hours but the fans they're just so accustomed to you give them nonsense they love it so the fans it goes hand in hand bro i'm glad you said the fans as well and we're gonna say this to end off the segment right here to end off the show fans out there that follow the page the pages the podcast if you are a legit WWE fan, not the trolls out there just to say shit, just to say shit, the ones that can bring an argument why that, why you, why you invest time into Monday Night Raw or even SmackDown, but I can understand SmackDown. Let's just stick with Raw. Why do you feel that Raw, Monday Night Raw, is the premier show out of the whole entire week? We see him on Facebook, we see him on Instagram all the time always defending the product you don't understand it's long-term storytelling it's it's not about the wrestling it's entertainment well give me a legitimate legit legit argument tell me why this fucking makes your gonads or your sweaty yams get hard Hmm. (laughs) Um, your tandoori testicles your tandoori (laughs) testicles you know feel so sweet when you're watching Monday Night Raw, okay? Because I need to know that. I need to feel that spark again. I'm a legit WWE fan. I was since since the early 90s, even in the 80s as well, too. I know you're a WWE fan as well, too. Like, we grew up on Bret Hart. We grew up on Owen Hart. We grew up on the Rockers. We grew up on the Hart Foundation. We grew up with, you know, Rick Martell, you know, the Blue Steel Cage and whatnot. So, like, we've been through the bad and the ugly, but right now it's just numbing. That's what it is. This is numbing. Yeah, I agree. And I think an excellent choice uh, option to do that as well is, you know, you just dropped it right now. Let us know. Hit us up. Also, um, let's just dead go out there and make a poll on the page. Bro, like something. Like, throw up options. Why do you feel, you know, you're the A brand? And I, I don't know, because I see some of these marks and I see some of these people discuss, but you can tell their marks. You can tell they're not going to give you a logical explanation on why we're all but I want to hear from y'all, the listeners, the people that follow us. Let us know why a, a role is the A brand and, and shut me the hell up. Because like Val said, we grew up on WWE. I still have that child of WWE. Hell, I had the Ultimate Warrior pillow people, whatever it is, pillow person. And bro, growing up playing games on Game Gear, the blue cage, as you said, you seen the good, the bad, the now, the forever. And the- <laughs> <laughs> I've been through Katie Vick and everything, like <laughs> God, <laughs> like God. I've been through everything. <laughs> you look better now. <laughs> but let us know, yeah, why Raw is the A brand show in your eyes. 
All right, man. Let's throw some plugs out the way. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll throw some plugs to start off. Uh, Lucha Faust Cisco on Instagram. Lucha Faust Cisco on Twitter. And uh, Elite Wrestling Audio, man. Uh, EWA Podcast on Twitter. EWA Podcast on Instagram. Elite Wrestling Audio on Facebook. Follow us. Add us. You know, share us. Let us know, like, in the comment sections. On, we'll put a poll out as well, too. Just interact and let us know how you're feeling about the product these days. Are you excited about Under Siege? Are you excited about Backlash? Uh, in your house coming up for NXT? You know, so many things happening in the world of wrestling. Double or nothing. Let us know. We're on all podcast networks so far right now, whether it's Apple Podcasts, whether it's uh, Pandora, Tandoori Chicken, <laughs> um, anywhere out there, you can listen to us right there. But brother, man, like if they want to listen to you or get your opinion on things, where can people find you? Oh, y'all can find me at my Instagram and my Twitter, which is Sun Eater UA. That is all together. Hit me up there. Um, yeah, like we mentioned, um, various times on the podcast ufc 262 if you guys love mma hit us up on the kimura chronicles you can find us out there doing our crazy stuff that we do here in the world of mma that's on twitter instagram and facebook the twitter is tkc podcast underscore the kimura chronicles on instagram and facebook so check that out and now pat that pancakes you hear me i'm messing up but i'm so hyped um, that podcast is everywhere Spotify, Apple, uh, Podbean, Google, everywhere. Check that out. Mm, mm. Um, yeah, you know, we gotta do a barbershop talk episode on that because man, oh man, oh man, do I have some thoughts and opinions about our man Rumble Johnson getting arrested for fake identity, like fake uh, identity yeah. fraud? Was that uh, it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, identity fraud using a credit card that wasn't his. Bro, Rumble, what you doing? Yeah, get your life together. Like, come on, bro. We about to, we about to flame you, son. <laughs> <laughs> they already yeah. flaming him, bro. They put the McLovin picture with him. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. That's fucking great, bro. I'm telling you, yeah. you yo, man, we definitely gotta do a barbershop talk because bro did you hear the news about diego sanchez he had to disown family members to stay loyal to fabian cult like mentality man cult like mentality you know he probably eating a box of nerds out of his butt pool but um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah join us on the kimura chronicles for that barbershop talk is about to get funky crazy out there video games if y'all love video games lag underscore switching we talk about video games out there val our boy jay my boy Dwayne, everybody jeremy jumps on that man jeremy don't jump on shit so Hit us up on lag switching that's on Instagram and that podcast is on Spotify and Apple, you know, so get out if you want to get your Demon Slayer on, if you want to get your Megalobox on, if you want to talk about that new trailer for Venom, uh, if you want to talk about all the new things that are happening in the world of geekism, please let us know at Pop Culture Fanatics PCF Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, and Pop Culture Fanatics on Facebook. It's on all podcast stations out there. We're taking over. Yes, it's happening. It's happening to take over. Hell yeah. In your house. In your ear. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad. All right, guys. Well, that concludes this podcast right here. Until the next one, brother, it is always a pleasure talking wrestling with you, man. Yeah.
Later, Val. Later, everybody. It's a pleasure as always, man. Take care, brother. Later. Bye.